Smugglers. The vast, empty expanse of space is laid out. A ship drifts in a small pocket dimension. Warbling lines of energy mark the boundaries of the small area. Stars appear to pass around it. The vessel lays equidistant from all edges, and although it is traveling through space, it does not move. The ship's helmsman sometimes lazily rocks the ship from side to side, giving the passengers the feeling of traveling and motion. The name of the vessel is the Marauder. It was once a sleek vessel, adopting the curving lines of its elven heritage. It now has additional modifications. Human ingenuity has affixed new utilitarian adornments, specifically two large railguns mounted on top and bottom of the vessel. It is fast enough to elude many ships and strong enough to defeat those who catch up. The engines are also unique. The original design was never built for power and speed, but now, with gnomish acumen, it was an efficient powerhouse. It is perfect for accomplishing its goal as a smuggling vessel. Inside the engine room sits that particular dark-skinned gnomish individual, Felden Reese. Standing close to three feet tall, his hands are covered in various chemicals. His hands are darkened further by the days spent working on the engine. His beard is uneven, burned, and singed from many close encounters. The hair that remains formed a tangled mess and pieces of circuit boards and other small debris that are caught up in the wiry beard. A belt of tools is carried on his person as he crawls through the engine room, tinkering with his precious child. He mutters to himself as he works, Those damn elves think they're so clever. The engine sits in stark contrast to the dirty gnome. It is pristine and well taken care of. Felden preens over his work and marvels at its intricacies. The fusion reactor hums with power as they fuel the small ship's ability to maintain the jump. A small terminal sits by the door behind the gnome. It contains a keypad and a dark red crystal set into the base. It flickers with light and a voice echoes forth, breaking the gnome from his work. Master Engineer, your presence is requested on the bridge. Felden grumbles back at the voice. Very well, very well. I will make my way up. Felden grabs his tool belt and zips up his uniform as he begrudgingly exits the engine room. Before he departs, he activates his various robotic assistants. They hum to life and pick up where he left off. A hiss sounds as the gnome approaches the door and it opens to allow him to depart. Meanwhile, the armory is neatly organized. Rows of weapons line every space available. Various light rifles and hand cannons blanket the walls, each cleaned to perfection. Mounted next to them is a row of various nanoblade weapons, axes, daggers, and even swords of various shapes and sizes and designs. They look sleek next to the rifles. Thousands of years of tradition form shapes that the crew's forefathers might recognize. A small console sits near the workbench. A simple display for manning the ship's railguns flashes idly. A small bundle of blankets is tucked away in the far corner of the room, 
out of sight. Rogmir towers over a workbench. His massive, seven-foot frame hunches as he focuses on his work. Large hands move with practice motions as he finishes honing the edge of a massive great axe. Brown fur covers his body, and the minotaur's horns are ornate and sharpened into points. The weapon is well-crafted and functional. He hunches further, inspecting the edge and pressing lightly against it with his thumb. Echoes of the past flicker through his mind. The history of his weapon alone is incredible. The stories trapped within the ancient metal. A small panel behind him flashes red, and a voice emits forth. Master Gunner, we require your presence on the bridge. Brogmir hefts his axe over his shoulder. Outstanding! Is there a fight? The captain is requesting all hands on deck. He has received strange readings. Readings he has never seen before. There could be imminent danger. All right. I'll be up there in a second. Thank you, Bartholomew. Of course. Brogmir hefts the great axe onto his back and moves to the bridge. The bridge is teeming with activity. A wide assortment of races mill about in confusion when Brogmir and Felden reach the bridge. They greet each other as they enter and move towards the commotion. The display table is built into the floor onto the bridge. A hologram of a fellow dressed in a butler's attire stands above it, hands clasped behind his back. Bartholomew watches over the crowd as he speaks. Captain, all of the crew you have requested has arrived on the bridge. We should begin our briefing. Captain Helios waves at the hologram as he listens, speaking to his communications officer. Felden and Brogmir move towards the figure to get the best view of the captain at the front of the bridge. Brogmir politely moves the smaller races to the side as he strides through the crowd. Excuse me. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. Of course. Excuse me. Felden raises his nose and begins to push his way through, stepping on as many toes as he can. The rest of the crew waits impatiently as the captain finishes his conversation not quite ready to speak to everybody. He eventually turns and addresses the group. I've never seen anything like this. I couldn't exactly tell you the particulars of how our ship is moving in this pocket. Felden here would know the most. Captain Helios gestures at the gnomish engineer. He replies curtly and with annoyance in his voice. I don't have time to explain. Suffice to say, we are moving. Right. Anyways... It appears someone is following us. Bartholomew disappears as the captain speaks. The display shifts, showing the oblong oval that stretches around the ship as it travels through the pocket dimension. On the edge of the small area, near the rear of the ship, lights appear. A small disturbance that doesn't normally exist is now moving near the stern of the marauder. The holographic displays a flickering of particles that phase in and out of focus. Captain, Brogmir speaks. A silent request to continue passes over him as he stares at the human. Yes? Should we leave the pocket dimension? Should we go into normal space? Felden interjects. He stares hungrily at this display. 
I don't think that is a good idea. This is fascinating. They're somehow tapping into our engine processors. I want to see what happens. Would something bad happen if they break into our pocket of space? The captain asks. I don't know. It has never been done before. Brogmir crosses his arms as he speaks. It seems to me that would be dangerous. I recommend we leave the pocket dimension. If we have suspicion of someone following us, then we should leave. If not, then we turn and fight. And I know that's m more nebulous than actually turning the ship, but we leave or we fight. We could try and jump out and have a new set of coordinates preset. And when we come out, re-enter going in a different direction. Felden nodded, considering the problem. I agree with the gnome. Brogmir also nods his head. That seems wise. We should try that. This cargo we are carrying, perhaps we should have not taken it. The cargo the captain was referring to was the illegal transportation of the schematics and a few components of a special drive for a ship. The requesters were on the opposite side of a war against surface and underground elves that had migrated to space. Felden began to work on powering the ship in order to shake the trail. The gnome began to use the bridge controls in order to set up the jump from the pocket dimension. Frustrating moments go by as he tries to set everything up with the help of one of the pilots. The ship jumps. Shuddering, the ship leaves the small pocket and the normal view of space appears. Shortly after, another rippling appears from behind. Bartholomew begins to rapidly map the new system. The ship's holographics display lights up, pinging the closest object first. The ship has left its bubble and appeared in the middle of some uncolonized system. The pilot, an elven woman, runs her hands over the controls. She expertly brings the ship around, preparing it for another jump. The marauder's pursuers reveal themselves briefly, and the crew begins to work on their next action. Hard-to-make-out images begin to dot the display. As everyone peers intently, the ship jumps again. Entering the new pocket dimension, the display shows three ships have made it into the field alongside the Marauder. The enemy seems organic-based, rather than a metallic spacecraft that anyone was familiar with. Battle stations! Captain Helios shouts to the crew. Felden and Brogmir move towards their respective spots on the bridge. The gnome heads to the display, immediately pulling up the diagnostics of the engine. The Minotaur rushes to the gunner's seat. Brogmir fires the twin railguns at the closest ship, trailing the Marauder. The hum of the projectile, moving impossibly fast towards the target, sends out a vibration through the vessel. The display shows the projectile blast into the enemy's ship. Felden wrestles a terminal away from one of the other crew members on the bridge. The ship seems to be moving more sluggishly as the vessel pushes through. The gnome growls at the elven pilot. Fucking elves! Engineer, report, Captain Helios shouts after hearing the outburst. Our maneuverability has been compromised. Is that going to continue to be a problem? 
Can you fix it? I can try, the angry gnome replies. The rest of the crew begins to move across the ship, finding weapons in various lockers. The other two enemy ships begin to close in, moving in a corkscrew. They start to split apart as they attempt to avoid any further projectiles from the marauder. Brogmir begins to operate his weapons in response to the enemy's maneuvers. The two railguns begin to articulate in separate positions, aiming at two targets. One projectile scores a hit, while the other continues to sail through space. The marauder's fighters launch from the side. Two small craft begin to rocket towards the pursuing ships. Felden begins to manipulate the ship's power towards the engine and the weapons, foregoing gravity on the ship. Buckle up, sweeties, the mischievous gnome yells across the bridge. Bartholomew changes the display the gnome is working on, but eventually the engineer is able to switch it off. With the warning, the crew engages their magnetic boots and the seats on the bridge just deploy harnesses. Felden reaches into his pocket and heaves a greasy screwdriver at the display for Bartholomew. You take all of the fun out of it, Felden yells as he sends his makeshift weapon flying through the gravityless ship. The display gel for the automated assistant reaches out and absorbs the missile. The formless voice of Bartholomew echoes in response. And you take all the safety out of it. The enemy ships continue their spiral, closing in on the marauder. Their movements are unlike any ships the crew has encountered before. Brogmir fires the two railguns again, while Felden redirects all power towards the next two shots. The interior of the vessel goes dark for a brief moment. The only thing being powered are the railguns and the engine. Fuck yeah! The gnome yells in the darkness. Felden! The elven woman shouts. The display powers back on, and now only a single enemy ship is in pursuit. The two fighters close in on the lone ship. As the two fighters swarm, one collides with the enemy. The enemy vessel splits in half. The smaller shard pushes up against the ship as the chatter from the pilot spread across the bridge. It's on the ship! Rogmir rushes away from the bridge as soon as he hears this, hefting his great axe. Kill anyone else who comes in here, the Minotaur roars at the nearest crew member, throwing him into the gunner's chair. The armorer posts up next to the cargo bay doors. Felden follows in trail, monitoring the display on his arm, accessing as many terminals as he can with the help of Bartholomew. He quickly identifies the layout of the ship. The gnome accesses the cameras in the ship's engine room. It is empty. He checks the cargo bay. There is movement inside. Brogmir sits on the opposite side of the cargo bay waiting. Felden begins to close all the blast doors for the ship, trying to lock down compartments of the ship, trapping the enemies inside. I was just about to do that, Bartholomew says to the gnome. And that's why AIs are the lesser intelligence. Brogmir bursts through the door, quickly surveying what he sees in the cargo bay. There is a small platform and a railing in front of the door. Over the railing is a ten-foot drop. Below him, he sees the breach. The ground is covered in a membrane that seals the ship. 
and the two creatures are moving in the zero gravity towards the door. They claw their way through the cargo room, long legs splitting and bending in strange ways. There isn't time to think. The Minotaur rushes to the ledge, leaping over it. His body flies through the open space, careening towards the closest of the two creatures. Brogmir raises his great axe and smashes his weapon into the hide of the beast. The blade drives through the body and pushes out the side of it, sending the Minotaur in a spin. Felden moves behind Brogmir and aims down the ledge with his light rifle. The arcing of the lightning fires into the bay, charring the remaining creature. The insect-like creature is crippled, stumbling back into a nearby container. Before it rises, it splits. Its body snaps and separates. Its charred flesh is shed, and a smaller, unharmed creature pushes off the ground towards Brogmir. Brogmir sees the creature. He raises his great axe in the zero gravity, flinging it away from the creature. The momentum of the weapon leaving his mass propels him towards the creature. As he flies towards it, he bears his horns and attempts to gore it. The insectoid creature catches the horns before they puncture into its hide. The gnome leaps from the rail after his companion. Felden attempts to enter the opening and turn on his augmented magnetic boots, allowing him to quickly grab hold of the ground. Instead, his maneuver causes him to connect with the minotaur who is wearing metal. The two are entangled as the insect-like creature claws at Brogmir. It rakes against the face of the Minotaur, who growls through his rage. In his tumbling mass, Brogmir manages to put his feet to Felden's. Using the gnome as a springboard, the large horns of the Minotaur pierce the height of the creature. As the alien's clacking fades, Felden reactivates the gravity of the ship. The remains of the aliens plop onto the ground with a sickening thud. The pair look through the cargo bay. Felden looks up at the towering minotaur. I did that on purpose. I wasn't trying to kick him. I was trying to kick you. Brogmir clasps the small gnome and chuckles. Of course you were, little one. Welcome back to another episode of I'll Tell You a Tale. This is one of your hosts, Nathan Westoff, and we've got a special episode planned for you today. Ethan, Alex, and I sat down and played a little bit of a modified D&D game uh, instead of doing a brainstorming, and so the story that you just heard was written about the little one-shot session that we played. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We tried not to get too big into the D&D notes and everything, so if you know nothing about it, you should be able to follow along with what's going on in this episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know Ethan and Alex said they had a lot of fun. We will be back next week with another normal episode. Also, we're only going to put the story at the beginning of this episode, just for formatting reasons and because we ran a little long. Uh, if you guys are interested in listening to it again, feel free to jump back and check it out. And one more thing before we get into it, you're probably going to hear a little bit of music 
in this episode, if you're <laughs> listening with your ears, uh, we've got a new sort of theme song. I'm really happy. It is, uh, it's called Flux. It's written by a close friend of the family. Um, check out his band on YouTube at Fashionably Absent. Um, I'll say that again at the end of our break when we do all the plugs and everything, but it's going to be a little bit of uh, music in our episodes from now on. So uh, without any further ado, we'll jump right into this episode of I'll Tell You a Tale. We open on the vast, empty expanse of space. Stars slip by with increasing frequency as we find that we are traveling. We can see what looks like a bubble wrapped in energy. The camera follows it and we zoom closer. Close enough to pass through, there's a crackling of energy and suddenly we can see a ship. Floating here in the pocket dimension you use to travel between worlds is the Marauder. The Marauder is a heavily modded elven transport ship. Your ship's captain, Helios, has spent years updating it with the help of his gnomish engineer until it has become a seamless combination of human and gnomish ingenuity and elven technology. The ship is fast enough to avoid most heavily armed vessels and strong enough to destroy anything that can catch up. This has led to infamy, infamy for this ship because it is a smuggler ship and you are the smuggler you are the smugglers that crew it so as we zoom in on this ship as it is traveling in its own pocket dimension we zoom into what is almost the engine room and we see a small dark-skinned gnome and alex if you want to describe your character so i am just kind of this dark-skinned gnome made even darker just by the fact that I'm perpetually coated in oil to a point to where even if I were to clean myself off, I would still seep oil out of my pores. Um, I have pieces of circuit board stuck in my beard and burn marks on other parts, and I just kind of have this always kind of muttering to myself vibe to me kind of always hunched over my work and so you you are here in the sort of engine room and what is what is kind of like i i I guess you you are the ship's mechanic you are sort of the head of this department doing some maintenance on the engine so what, what does that look like as you guys are sort of traveling between worlds so the the engine itself is uh, the huge fusion reactors, and and the engines itself are immaculately cleaned. You know, it, it looks as if they were just built, um, whereas the workspaces are cluttered and greasy. Uh, and I just kind of bounce back and forth, checking and getting readings, and making sure that there's no abnormal uh, reactions or vibrations, verifying that there's no contaminants going into the fuel because that could cause some pretty gnarly explosions, and then checking that the quantum processors that are driving the actual reactors are not malfunctioning. 
Okay. Um, and as you're doing this, um, I imagine there's sort of a panel by the door that um, we look at it and it's it's got a sort of, it's got a screen and a keypad and a readout on it. And also next to the keypad is this um, sort of like dark red crystal set into the the interface of it and it sort of flickers um to light and a voice echoes out into the engine room master engineer your presence is requested in the captain's quarters and you recognize oh sorry uh you recognize this as the ship's ai um he it is Bartholomew, as he likes to be called, um, he's a wizard who has been captured and his consciousness runs the ship, but he, he speaks to you. Go ahead and... Very well, very well. I will be on my way. And before I leave the room, I'm going to go to my one of my workbenches and I have a few dronish robots that can monitor the ship while I'm not there, and so I bring them up. Okay, yeah. And uh, you step through, there's a sort of uh, hydraulic, or you can hear, there's like a hiss as the sliding doors open, and you step out onto the bridge and make your, or into the passageways that make up the ship, and continue uh, towards the captain's quarters. And meanwhile, um, we we jump to a different part of the ship, um, Ethan, what what does Brogmere do while you guys are traveling between between worlds? All right. Um, so, Brogmere, um, he's also hunched over what he works, but his hunch is a little bit more pronounced and a little bit more uh, grand because he is over seven feet tall, massive build, 320. Um, He's got thick brown hair. He kind of looks like a buffalo, and even more so is because of the giant horns coming out of his out of his head. Uh, he's sharpened them into points, and he's adorned them with different uh, different pieces of jewelry. His tail kind of oddly flicks back and forth in like amusement or pleasure as he has um, as he's working in his workshop. So on the walls, he's got various old weapons, or considered to be old in in the spaceship, because he's got daggers and knives and axes and javelins and old, old weapons that are really no longer viable. And then on his other wall, he has uh, newer weapons, the hand cannons and the laser rifle, the light rifles, and um, he's actually... He was passed down from his family uh, a great axe. A um, little bit new, more modern, but similar in design to what his forefathers on uh, on his planet would have used. And he's sharpening the edge of it. Uh, and so, so this is sort of like the ship's armory, or is it like... Yeah, yeah, it would be the armory. Uh, armory and his home, because... He doesn't feel like it's a different place. It's one and the same. 
And is this separate from his like gunnery controls for the the two uh, uh, guns that he has on the ship, or are they located somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely. So he would go. Um, he would probably go onto the bridge for the maximum control over the guns, but he could use one of the the consoles in the armory to to loosely direct it. But he would have maximum control over on the bridge. Okay. Um, and I, I imagine at the at the corner, sort of spread throughout the ship, these are these consoles to sort of interact with the main um, systems as sort of like sort of like a speaker system, um, similar to the mechanic. We see that same red crystal sort of flare to life, and the ship's AI speaks to you. Uh, Master Gunner, we require your presence on the bridge. Outstanding. Um... Is there a fight? The captain has requested all hands on deck. He's receiving strange readings. Readings we haven't sensed before. There could be imminent danger. All right. I'll be up there in a second. Thank you, Bartholomew. Of course. And the sort of light disappears, and you are left to make your way to the the bridge. I bring the great axe with me. Of course. Um, and the two of you converge um, onto the bridge. Um, and you can see there are a number of the crew have made it there. Um, you can see the your, your guys' ship has uh, a small fighter bay. Um, only two fighters, and they're not really... Um, uh, they are both manned. They aren't um, automated drones. And so the the two fighter pilots have come up, and they're sort of this, like, moody half-elf twins. Um, both of them are kind of scrawny, and uh, they wear, like, these space jumpers because they have to, like, fit and squeeze down into these small sort of fighter pilots. Um, and you can tell that they were just kind of sleeping um, when this call came out, and they kind of put on their their fighter jumpsuits just in case anything went wrong, and they had to jump into their fighters. Um, you can see the um, ship's sort of medic on-by, like, medic slash, like, life support uh, technician. A cleric is there, um, and he's sort of this... Um, heavy set dwarf um, with this long puffy kind of white beard and sort of kind eyes almost out of place on the on board the ship of smugglers um, and he is there kind of uh, laughing and sort of poking fun at the two fighter pilots um, you can also see the captain uh, captain helios is sort of standing at the the front of the bridge um and he's got a number of um panels pulled up and he's sort of interacting with the main um bridge and the he's talking uh he's a human he's uh he stands pretty tall um kind of like broad shoulders kind of like almost like the han solo type um like roguish human um that pilots the ship um, and he's talking to the uh, um, the Warforged sensor 
expert, um, sort of like communications expert. And they're sort of hunched over this front display. And as you enter, as the two of you enter the bridge, um, in the center of it, this hollow projection um, lights up. And kind of in his um, sort of preferred form is the ship's AI, Bartholomew, um, is there and he's wearing almost what looks like a uh, a butler's outfit. Um, he is sort of this um, human, maybe maybe elf, um, kind of hard to tell in the graphics of the hollow projector, um, but wearing a sort of finely made black um, black and white, uh, almost like tuxedo. Um, but he kind of stands at attention, one hand behind his back and the other um, aboard. And he says, uh, uh, Captain, the, uh, all the crew you have requested have arrived here on the ship. We should begin our briefing. And you can see kind of the Captain Helios kind of waves him away and waves him away and continues his conversation with the, with the Warforged. And it's a few minutes. Um, what are you guys doing as you come onto the bridge? Do you guys talk to each other? What, what are you guys doing? I'm kind of stepping on as many toes and tails and bumping into as many people as I can just to kind of get to the front and center because I, I don't really give a shit about anything as long as the ship stays running. So I'm kind of bothered that I have to step away from the engine room and come up here, and I'm definitely showing it. Yeah, I um, I politely just kind of, excuse me, Excuse me, as I push my way to the front. And you guys sort of gathered at the the sort of center of the um, where that hollow projector is, and you can see Bartholomew is there, and he's kind of like looking slightly like skeeved that like he has to wait now around for like the orders of the captain of the ship. Um, and it, it's a few minutes, but then so is he uh, a hologram kind of projected out like on the floor? Or does he have like a little thing that he's projected from? Um, it's it's sort of like there's the the center like circular um, sort of like display, and he's sort of standing in the center of it, and so like it can display a number of things, like it can display like the system map of, of whatever system you guys are in, or like the sort of like hailing feature of if you guys are communicating with somebody, they would be projected here. But for the moment, it is where he is projecting his avatar. So it's not really something I could walk through. Um, no. You, you, you have to like climb, up, climb up onto dash, it. Huh? It's. I imagine <laughs> almost that it's like uh, this sort of like gel material. So like the um, if something were to fall onto it, it's not like a glass projector where it would like break. But it's sort of like almost this like weird gel that light is sort of shot through and it adjusts and its density in order to project different things into the air. Okay. So I won't walk through it then. (laughs) But you, you are standing there. Um, and the, the rest of the crew is sort of kind of also annoyed that like, this is just sort of typical, like, the captain, like he, he's he called you guys here, and he's not super ready for you yet. So he's still kind of like making you guys wait, but it's not very long. And he he kind of turns around and stands up, and he kind of wipes away a little bead of sweat that's forming at the edge of his uh, brow, and steps forward. I've never seen 
anything like this. We... I couldn't really exactly tell you how we travel through space. That's not really my expertise. Felden here knows more than I really care to even acknowledge. I don't have the time to explain it, so we'll just say that we're moving. Suffice it to say, this isn't normal for everybody. This transport that we use... Not everyone has this technology, and I've never encountered readings like what we're getting. It's almost like something is closing in on our sector of subspace that we use. It's almost like someone is following us. Um, did you already tell us if the, the display is up showing what he's talking about, or is he just kind of telling us about what um, he saw? As, as he's sort of talking, I, Bartholomew kind of disappears, and the, the display is sort of talking. And so you can see um, it pops up. You guys travel along in sort of this, like, pocket dimension, and it's sort of this oblong, oval shape that stretches around the ship, um like a, a pretty significant distance so that um but it it is this pocket that is moving and not necessarily the ship the ship is always sort of equidistant in the center um and as you are um as you see this sort of like bubble that is stretched and brought up the sort of boundary of it is um, you can still see through the boundary in this hollow projection, but it, it like it is sort of this evident sort of light crackling. And um, behind the bubble um, on the back end of the ship, um, the lights appear. There are lights that appear, and it almost looks like a swarm of like insects or a large like dust storm is coming up on the bow not the bow the back stern stern the stern of your guys's spaceship the marauder right um, isn't it the stern alex yes stern the um and and not even necessarily the stern it it still hasn't made it to your guys's subspace sector pocket dimension it's still not there yet but it is like everything else outside of your your space is left completely blank and this is like the only thing outside that is sort of closing in on you guys captain yes yes should we should we leave the pocket dimension should we jump out into normal space we could do no, that no i don't think that's a good idea this is fascinating they're tapping into our quantum processors and somehow following us. I want to see what happens. I don't understand exactly how this space travel works. Is is there a is that could could something devastating happen if they were to break into this into our pocket dimension? I don't know. It's never been done before. It seems to me that that would be dangerous. I recommend that we leave our pocket dimension. If we have a suspicion of somebody following us, we should leave. If not, 
then we turn and fight. And I know that that is a little bit more nebulous than actually physically turning the ship around, but we leave or we fight. We could try to come out and then have a new set of coordinates set, preset, and as soon as we come out, re-enter in a different direction. I agree with the gnome. That seems wise. Um, We should try that. I know this last, this last, this cargo that we're carrying now, we might, we maybe should have not taken it. And I guess this is like a good point to, like, you guys are currently smuggling. You are in the act of smuggling. You are a job in, and it, it is some high value thing that someone has paid what what do you guys want it to be what do we want it to be that we stole or we're smuggling smuggling because we didn't steal it we're just illegally transporting it yeah like is is are you guys working for like some space crime organization and like smuggling something from theirs or are you like jumping past some uh kingdom space kingdom's borders with um i think it's a, it's a technology for a drive a spaceship drive that could turn the tide of a war okay so we're kind of stealing technology and giving it to the other side to kind of even the odds for yep some dispute Let's say, let's say, we'll just say it. After going to space, the drow gained that advantage that they know that they didn't have on the surface. And now, unaffected by the sun, even though I don't know how that would work, let's just say it was just the sun of that planet that was affecting them that way. And now they can fight toe-to-toe with the surface elves because it's no longer surface and underground elves and so we're bringing it to the drow or it was uh the planet that they were originally on that particular type of solar radiation what was was what was uh harmful to them and so different stars have different forms of solar radiation that doesn't affect the drow in the same way that theirs native to them does yeah i like it so you guys are bringing um, I, I imagine you guys have a pretty large sort of like cargo space. So maybe it's like um, you, you guys are carrying that um, information, but you also have like a number of like actual components f- to build such a like engine. Like there are a bunch of parts that you guys are also transporting along with you. Um, and you're sort of crossing the boundary of the like quote unquote good races of space um you're sort of leaving um from this technological empire that is the planets that the elves control and sort of getting out into the dark space where the drow have set up their layers and so that's what you're carrying and the captain is kind of like 
this is something that you guys do all the time like this is not the first time someone has tried to chase you guys down uh most of the time it doesn't go very well for them um but you it's this is the first time anything like this has happened um and the captain seems distraught but your guys' plan is to um jump out of your pocket dimension and and re-jump into something else yeah kind of like shaking a trail like like, we're no longer in the same pocket dimension. It'll be harder to track. I mean, they tracked us in the current pocket dimension, but that's because we weren't trying to avoid anything. Okay. Um, I'll say that this is sort of like... It's more than just a sort of piloting maneuver, so it would be more than just the um, pilot and the officer. This is sort of like the coordination of the ship's engineer. So... Um, Felden, go ahead and make me a engineering check. So just uh, plus six on a d twenty. The first check. Ooh, first roll. It's gonna be pretty bad. I have this gut feeling. <laughs> yep, three plus six, so nine. Ugh. We die. Um, <laughs> so I imagine that there. Like, you you much prefer to set the coordination coordinates of, like, the, the jumps from, like, the comfort of the engine room where you have, like, your own panel. And maybe there's, maybe there's like, a bit of stage fright almost going on as you're, like, on the bridge and, like, the, the situations are tense. And you guys, um, you're coordinating with um, the captain and also your pilot, um who is, I don't know if we've thrown out that character yet, the pilot will say is sort of this, um, it, it was, she was like the previous owner of this um, elven transport. So she's an elf and um, she through, the, the story always change, it changes how Captain Helios got the ship. Sometimes he won it in a bet other times um he like rescued her father and now she owes him a life debt and so the ship is like her way to repay that um but it used to be her ship it is no longer her ship she now works for him and uh the two of you sort of coordinate to pull off this maneuver and the camera sort of zooms out and we see that crackling energy um field once again that we saw in the introduction and it sort of slowly dissipates and disappears and the stars kind of slow down and stop moving and suddenly the marauder um is in space and it's not like hitting um it's not like hitting the atmosphere or anything you're still in space and you always were in space but now suddenly there is almost like the sense of you are moving again and we see that it kind of drifts ever so slightly and then there's a crackling of energy and another field rips up and the it begins moving rather quickly and all this time the rest of the crew are sort of intently watching your guys's holographic display and as the ship jumps into space 
Um, you can see you're actually pretty close to a planet. Um, you're not sure exactly which one or if this is some part of space that is um, colonized. Um, but you are in some solar system. And as the um, as Bartholomew attempts to rapidly map the positions of all these um, planets, um, the thing that was chasing you appears and... It very quickly, um, actually, oh yeah, oh, it yeah. very quickly stops, um, and it, it, it is, um, it, it sort of overshoots you guys, um, but you can see a very similar outline of the, the bubble of what you guys were traveling um, through, and... It disappears, and there's not one ship there. Um, it is sort of this. Well, it's hard to make out on the holograph, on the hologram. It is this sort of pixelated mass of spiraling shapes, and they begin to spread out into this wide arcing line as they close in on the ship and then the field flickers and you guys take off once again um and there's sort of this baited held breath and you guys appear to be traveling through space once more and then there's a blinking red dot and the holograph displays the image of a it, it sort of zooms in to the edge of your pocket dimension and there are three ships and they spread out very quickly and made it into your guys's bubble before you took off and you can see them now um as they're sort of um as they're sort of coming into resolution as your ship's scanners are pinging them um they're smaller than you guys are but they are three ships that you do not recognize. They're not elvish. They're not dwarvish. They don't even almost look like ships. They more look like creatures. Um, and they are closing in on you guys. And the captain says, battle stations. What are you guys doing? Uh, going to my freaking battle station. Is that on bridge, or are you going back to... Yep, to the bridge. I'm on the bridge. I'm going right into the gunner's chair. I'm okay. just going to... I'm going to look at, down at my hands, and then just throw up into them, and then <laughs> wipe it on my pants. Ugh. <laughs> Onto your... Are, are you wearing, like, space overalls? I have, like, a space... It's like a space apron. <laughs> Perfect. Uh... Does it have? Does it say like "kiss the cook" on it? It, it says, says "to infinity and beyond." It says "kiss my gnome." <laughs> Perfect. Stupid. <laughs> and uh, it's gross. You should probably go to the uh, fresher, the the restroom, and get all this vomit off. But um, let's do a ship initiative. So, so both good. of you roll initiative 
checks we'll, we'll say with your initiative modifiers and we'll oh my gosh that. why i got i have a negative ten. one to my initiative three um okay so what's that a six we'll round it down sure um, <laughs> okay uh you guys actually go first um the um you weren't ex you you guys were all sort of on edge unsure of what this maneuver might entail so probably already heading to your battle stations um but you see these ships and they're sort of um spiral spiraling around each other and closing in on you guys um and so We'll, the way we'll do ship combat is each of you can sort of do something and, and we'll talk about what the what the other like what the ship is doing um, so I guess like um, Brogmir you're probably gonna be shooting something yes I am gonna shoot so we know that's gonna happen we'll take care of that right now um, go ahead and make a gunnery check okay um, 21. 21 and are you shooting um are you just shooting at the closest ship or are you going to yeah, try and yeah, aim I'm gonna at shoot, one I'm going to shoot at the closest ship okay um and remind me again what we decided these cannons were rail guns or yeah they're rail guns um so there's sort of this rail gun sound like the like this build up of energy and I guess they almost probably don't even make any sound, but there's sort of like this vibration that goes throughout the ship yeah. as um, you guys are on level. So both the upper and lower gun can reach and aim. Um, and you see on the display um, sort of the uh, over-exaggerated um, like passage of the projectile as it travels through space towards the ship. And... Uh, it smashes into the, um, the closest ship and you can see space debris sort of like peel off from the ship and you, you're a pretty good gunner and these ships are weird in that they don't look like anything else but you, you see a spot that you thought might be the bridge and so you shoot for that and sort of this central section of the ship disappears and the ship spins out and is still floating towards you guys because it is a ship traveling through space, but does no longer appear to be traveling with intent. Um, what are you doing, uh, Felden? Um, I'm going to be just kind of like panicky because I'm not down with the engines and so I'm trying to check as many I like push someone out of their workstation and just ha like forcibly make it pull up the engine readings and check to see if there's anything that I could possibly do that's going to throw these guys off or make sure that they don't damage anything um okay go ahead and make a engineering or mechanics check. That's going to be plus six again? Yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen. Um, you notice that the ship's um, engines, um, like, it, it isn't ever really something that's come up before, 
Um, but the maneuverability that the ship normally has when it is just in normal space is significantly less in the bubble because a lot of your guys's energy is going towards maintaining this bubble um and the the sort of um elvish pilot is beginning to take evasive maneuvers but they seem more sluggish and you almost notice before she does and you kind of realize that this might be an issue if they start closing in on you guys okay so can i just kind of yell at her just in general yeah <laughs> just ah, fucking elves <laughs> she kind of like looks over her shoulder at you like with a weird glance and continues to pilot the ship and the captain says engineer report it seems that our our maneuverability has been somehow compromised is this a problem we can fix? I'll try. Okay, and that's what will, you'll be I doing will, this next I will certainly round. try. Um, we see the fighter pilots are sort of taking off full speed towards their um, uh, individual pilots or fighters. Um, they haven't quite made it there yet, um, but they will soon take off into the air and... Um, begin to defend the ship um what do you guys think the rest of the the crew is doing um what does normal procedure look like for you guys they have to go and grab their weapons 100 percent. okay yeah and prepare in case of a boarding or um, securing the cargo because our cargo is secured, but probably not secured for combat. Okay. Um, so the the dwarven sort of medical staff uh, he takes off running uh, back to his sort of to to like pick up his gear, um, and the uh, warforged sort of. Um, you you guys know this um, because I imagine both of you probably um, were involved in the operation that um, he had done to his arm to sort of uh, replace his left arm so it uh, has the capability to act as a light rifle um, because both of you thought that'd be a very cool thing to have your robot have. Um, but the rest of the crew is sort of scrambling to positions and we see these ships now start closing in, or at least that's what they appear to be doing. Um, the one that you blasted out of the sky um, or out of space is sort of drifting towards you guys stagnantly, and the the other two sort of split off and begin this elegant flight path that is sort of this spiraling evasive maneuvers that they are taking to close in on you guys and um glancing over at the display um give me perception checks both of you 11 17 um 
Felden, you noticed that there were two, but as they sort of begin this elegant dance that move in towards you, they have split, and now there are four. Um, And it appears that they don't have any sort of... um, They haven't fired any projectiles at you guys yet. It just seems like they're trying to get to the ship. Um, And you judging what you know about this pocket dimension and judging what you know about like gauging their distance they're probably about two combat rounds away from getting close enough to getting right up next to you guys but it's now your guys's turn again what it, what is the ship doing what are you guys doing can i independently fire those two railguns um I'd say if you roll high enough, you could. Okay, yeah, because I'd um, like to fire so two at make, the same time. Go ahead and make a gunnery check. Oh, 14. 14. Um, you, this is something that you've probably done before, and I, I would say that the, the standard... Um, transport vessel that they used to be wouldn't be able to do this um but you have sort of gnome rigged it with help from your engineer and the sort of like the what are normally like two um aligned swiveling uh cannons sort of separate uh as they um go and aim at two different the first projectile releases and the second projectile releases and one of the um one of the enemy ships disappears but there are still three coming towards you it appears you hit one but not the other okay the two more blips appear on your guys's radar the fighters have launched um they don't close they, they they spend their whole turn launching um felden what are you doing i'm trying to figure out what happened and how to get our maneuverability back um okay go ahead and make me another um engineering check yes 21 all right you are pretty intimately familiar with the ship's energy um in sort of the same way that uh what's that guy from star trek like you're giving it all you've got captain um you're like the the process that runs the that fuels sort of the magic and technology of this is draining a large portion of your guys's um maneuverability but i will say this if you want to stop powering gravity on the ship you guys will be able to fly better <laughs> all right so i'm just going to kind of get a like a shit eating grin on my face and i'm going to say Buckle yourselves in, sweeties, and then turn the gravity off. And not um, really like warn. Just kind of. I think this is something that you've done before, 
And I think it's something that Bartholomew hates. And I think you go to do it and the the sort of controls have been um the the interface that you use to control it he has manipulated that so when you push the button there's actually a subsystem that goes off because he knows you're crazy and so so all of the seats they sort of deploy their automatic seat belts and all of the like there's a warning like flashing light that goes off and everybody knows Oh, we're about to not have gravity. So you don't warn anybody, but Bartholomew is aware of what you do. And gravity goes out, and everyone sort of grabs on to what they're going as... They don't necessarily start to float and fly away, but any pressure that you put on the side of anything will push you now off floating into empty space. So I'm going to kind of, as a bonus action pull a greasy screwdriver out of my pocket and throw it into the gel display that Bartholomew likes the best. <laughs> and say, like, okay. you take all of the fun out of it. <laughs> there's, um, um, I'll go ahead. there's sort of this flickering of light as um, he's also prepared for this and the gel sort of absorbs the screwdriver. And the he doesn't, he doesn't uh, display his avatar, but you hear the voice... And you take all the safety out of it. And uh, your OSHA regulations uh, AI is there. Uh, what were you going to say, uh, Brogmir? Uh So I would think that we would have some form of like a gravity boot. Like that probably couldn't handle like us spinning. But could if we're going in the same straight line, like we could click those boots and be on the ground unless we do like a hard banking maneuver. Like yeah, a that makes sense. Um, like an electromagnetic boot. Yeah, something that we could cl click together. If you guys have ever seen The Expanse, and if you haven't, you should watch it. Um, yep. Yeah, I think that makes sense. We're in space. Okay. We know, we know that we could lose gravity at any time. We probably have something that can at least mitigate it. Okay. Yeah. So the uh, that the the part of your guys's like systems that are linked to the ship in some small part, um, it, it doesn't auto go on, but they're they're sort of like you like a, you get like a a pager alert that's like enable uh, mag boots, uh, and th there's an opportunity for those that are running around um, to close in uh, on that. Button and be pre be prepared for this. Um, then the uh, the sort of alien ships are going to go. Um, they begin to spiral. There are there were three, then there were two, now then there were four, and now there are three again. Um, they're smaller than they were originally, but they start closing in more, and they sort of begin to spiral even more and more intricately um and give me perception checks again or i would say perception or maybe survival checks whichever's better six um and 23 23 
you, uh, Brogmir, you're focused on blowing up these things. And so you don't really know, like, you're not a pilot. You just know how to shoot things. You know how to lead your shots. And you don't really care about the, the grander scheme of everything. Felden, these ships move like nothing that you have ever seen before. Um, the way they're sort of coasting through space and turning, um, whatever technology they are using to maneuver is completely different to the way that you guys move through space. Um, and they're about one round away from closing in on you guys. Um, and we're back to you guys. The fighters sort of peel off away from the ship. Um, and begin to close in. Um, but before that, what are you guys doing? It's our turn again? Yeah. Uh, trying again to shoot two at a time. Okay, go ahead and give me another um, gunnery check. Um, is Twelve. there a way that I can help him to give advantage? I know that was kind of late. Um... I would say with the engine engine problem sort of solved, um, how 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 would you go about helping him? How do you think you could do that? Um, so with the uh, upgraded maneuverability like action, would you take? Um, I could bump the thrusters if he has like a miss shot, or like hold the ship a little bit more steady so that he has a an increased like stillness okay to... more power um yeah go ahead and give me um like if i could just kind of like let off check. on the let off on the thrusters just a little bit to kind of like let it idle back and kind of have a stall second almost and then when he once he shoots again i'll okay. so an engineering yeah, go ahead and give me another engineering check i, I like this yes 23 again. 23. Okay, I've got it. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> the entire ship goes dark. The engines completely shut down. All the lights go off. Um, the life support systems shut down. Everything has been channeled into the, uh, the sort of hyperdrive and the weapons. Uh, go ahead and make your weapon uh, your, roll again with advantage. So 12 <gasps> and a... Yes! 23. 23. Um, in sort of this stillness, the only lights on the bridge are your display. And you can... What, what do you say as you're doing this, Felden? <laughs> like, the, I imagine that you... Like, this is something that you've snuck by Bartholomew. Even he's sort of shut down for a second. Like, he never expected... He, like, you shut the gravity up all the time. But this is, like, a trick that you've been um, planning out for a while. I'm just going to kind of grin and and say, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, and in this stillness of motion, two projectiles shoot out and slam. And uh, you guys don't actually know if they hit or not because the holograph is off. Everything's off. <laughs> <laughs> but all the power suddenly flickers back on and you the the pilot's like 
Felden! <laughs> and as she, like, suddenly is thrust back into control of the ship, and it's moving much quicker than it was before, um, but she sort of spins around, and you guys can actually feel the ship moving around now, um, with all the gravity still off. Um, luckily, the uh, with the boots and the seatbelts and everything, um, you're not thrown around the cockpit, but... Uh, you can it is a much bumpier ride than a ship should be um and th- as the display comes back on there's only one ship left um and your fighters close in on it um as the as they close in on it it sort of splits again um and a segment of it spirals in and collides with one of the fighters and you guys can hear i'm there's probably some sort of communication system between you guys and the fighters um you can hear sort of the a surprised grunt um and then the comm line goes dead and this only one shard collides with your ship just ever so slightly Um, comes into contact with the ship um, about where the cargo bay is Um, but all everything else has been taken out of space Um, the other um, you can see on the display the other fighter um, goes around um, and is sort of inspecting or trying to get close and figure out if they can help their twin or not um, and figure out what's going on but um, you can hear the half elves voice is very concerned um brother brother are you all right are you all right are you there um what's going on what's going on um it's captain captain it it seems like it's alive whatever whatever's colliding with it and oh my god it's on the ship and it's your guys's turn again it's on the ship did i hear that yeah it was sort of over the main comm channel in the bridge i'm out Um, and you saw on the display i'm out i just i grab the nearest humanoid next to me and I just throw them into the gun seat and I just say kill anyone else who comes in here I'm gonna yell Um, at the pilot and tell her that we need to come out now we need to focus all of the ship's resources on whatever just boarded us because this is not good okay um so the Brogmere begins to run down um, towards the um, cargo bay. Um, are you I, staying I dash, on the bridge? So it's 60 feet. Okay. Um, I'd say you sort of... T- uh, I'd say if this wasn't something that your crazy gnome did all the time, your movement would be hampered by the lack of gravity... But I'd say you, you're almost moving quicker because, like, this is almost battle stations for you guys. Gravity just shuts down. Um, and you, you're able to sort of propel yourself um, out into the hallway and down. Um, you you almost you make it to the cargo bay door in the, the space of one round. Okay. Uh, and I'll just, like, post up against the side of it so that if the hatch opens, I'm not in, like the middle of the doorway as much as i can being so freaking huge okay 
Um, that makes sense. Um, Felden, are you staying on the bridge or are you following? Um, I'm gonna follow, but I'm gonna pull out like a like a portable display, like a tablet that I have on my hip, and try and tap in to as much of the computers that our AI is gonna let me at the moment, and just verify that nothing is getting into my engine room. Oh, I like it. Um, Make an engineering check. I'll say with advantage. All right, so the first one is 16 and 23. 23, awesome. Um, It's almost uh, like the, the enmity is lost now that there's something on the ship between you and Bartholomew. And, uh, the um you find that like the the button prompts on your personal tablet device are sort of like almost tracking to your finger like he's sort of like keyed into like priorities make sure the engine's still working um and you're the before long the screen fills up with a display of um the engine room and um it sort of uh pings to a number of cameras and in sort of the corner of the display are a bunch of readouts, like science readouts that I don't know anything about, but <laughs> Felden does. And he's checking them, and they, everything seems to be good, and nothing seems to be in, in the engine compartment. And um, Bartholomew switches your camera over to the cargo bay. And um, you can see into the cargo bay... Um, it sort of does the same thing. Um, the displays for the engine are still coming up in the corner, um, but you can see different angles of surveillance. And um, as you come to the perspective of standing at the door on sort of like, I imagine the door opens onto a railing um, on the sort of, um, I guess like second floor of this cargo room, um, looking down at the... Um, floor of the cargo room that is sort of filled with things um there's i there's sort of a straight aisle that is cleared for walking and expecting all the all of these things um and at the very far wall you can see movement so whatever is going on you know that the engine room is safe and that there's movement in the cargo bay okay um can i use a so is this kind of a turn for us right now? Yeah. So can I use a bonus action to try and save a file of the profile that Bartholomew has just allowed me, like, pretty much full access to the ship to a thumb drive? I like it, yes. Of course you can. Um, go ahead and... and you, know, you don't even have to roll for this. Like, um, you just will be able to get into hijinks later. Um, and, like the you almost um you can almost hear an audible sigh of like "Ah, i shouldn't have done that but he's still in combat mode and like you don't even know how like how men how much of his processing power has been put towards that sarcastic thought um and now um as That'll be your guys' turn. We'll move into um, sort of now that the ship 
is sort of out of combat, we'll move into another just sort of general initiative. So let's re-roll initiative um, individually this time. All right, so we're back into it. Um, did okay. we roll initiative already? Uh, roll initiative. Roll initiative. Nine. Um, I got uh, 21. Goodness, all right. All right, uh, so the aliens are in the cargo bay. Um, there is movement. What are you doing, Felton? I'm going to try and close all blast doors except for the ones that lead like a direct path from where we are to where they are and every other blast door and any sort of door closure is shut and sealed with an administrative okay, so lock on it going into sort of a lockdown mode I, I i don't think this is a role i think that this is something that you can just spend your turn to do um as the engineer um i don't think you have to roll to do this Okay, and then I'll use my movement to just get my full um, whopping 25 feet down the hallway. Um, I, I think it's actually extended a little bit, because gra gravity's still down, right? Um, you guys are jumping out of... Um, yeah, gravity boots, but like um, I, I think that you you can sort of push off to um pass through like kind of like the straight lines um and so you, you guys are sort of jumping out of uh space travel and now into um regular space um but the gravity is still down and here we are in uh, uh space and you are flying down the hallway um you can sort of see on your display boom, 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 uh, it flickers up and you can see all of the hatches um, indicating that they're closing down um, and the, there's a little voice that rings out from your tablet. Um, I was just about to do that. Uh, that's, why, your AI. that's why ARs, AIs are the lesser intelligence. And I'm going to kind of like... Like it's I a was... text bubble, like someone's sending me a text notification on my tablet. I'm just going to like swipe it to the side to kind of close it out, <laughs> like ignoring the call. As, as as you're swiping it out, more and more is coming up. And like you can see sort of like this exposition, like I was not always like this. Once I was a person with a family and like, you're just swiping away backstory, backstory, backstory. And exposition is gone down the toilet as you're running down towards... Uh, <laughs> towards the cargo bay um and now uh, I, i'd say as you're doing all this you've cut visual on the cargo bay um you're no longer actively looking at the cameras but bromir you hear on the other side of the door scuttling and then it's your turn okay i open the door no, okay. it's it's already um, open. Again, that... Oh, the cargo bay door is open. Yeah, I uh, oh, okay. I opened everything in between us and the cargo bay, and everything else is shut. Okay, I. I... Oh, okay. Then, um, as as the door is open and you are kind of standing in the doorway, you see 
two creatures. Um, you, uh, you, you can see sort of down that same straight, um, alleyway mm-hmm. that I described earlier. Okay. Um, and sort of, there is this material, like, there is a hole in the side of the ship, but it is not, um, it is, it is not open to vacuum. Um, there is a sort of, um, membrane, um, that is sort of sealing the atmosphere and life support. Um, but you can see two creatures are crawling towards you guys. Um, well, I guess they're, they're more crawling towards the movement of the door. And you can see them. They are two... Um, they're, they're moving very quick. All of, all of this is happening very quickly. So... What's your passive perception? Nine. Nine. There's sort of this blur of movement and limbs. Cool. But then it's your turn. All right. How far away are they from me? Um, I'd say they are probably halfway between you and the... They're sort of halfway between the uh, cargo bay and its exterior wall. So it's pretty big cargo bay. Let's say like 40 feet. Okay. Um, um, at a at a strict like downward hypotenuse closest path. They're about 40 feet away from you. Okay. So are they, they're below me? Yeah. You're sort of looking down on them from the railing. Okay. Um, you said we're in zero gravity. Yes. You said that our movement is a little bit longer. Oh, so they're not they're not crawling. They've sort of pushed off and they're sort of floating towards you and they're sort of like they're sort of like bouncing between the um crates that you guys have in the in the cargo bay. Okay. So is there a way that I can leap over the railing and collide with one of them? Yes, there is. Okay. Um Go ahead and uh, give me an athletics or acrobatics, whichever is higher. Probably athletics. Yeah, uh, 14. 14? Sweet. Um, I'll say this is all of your movement. Okay. But you sort of um, have, I'd say as you're running down towards the cargo bay doors, um, you almost they almost open before you even get there. Um and you continue that movement, and um, it is sort of this like weird, exaggerated run that you're doing, um, where your legs are kind of pulling you down towards the ground um, with the, the magnetic, and you sort of um, leap kind of sideways into the air, sort of like discontinuing your um, mag boots, and grab the railing and flick yourself down in a straight arc towards him, and you're going to collide with it. Okay, in mid-float, I would like to rage. Yes. And then, with my Space great rage. Axe, with my great axe that I brought from the armory, <laughs> I will attack yes. it. <laughs> Go ahead and make me attack roll with advantage, because this is cool. Space rage. 17. <laughs> 17, you hit. Go ahead and roll damage. 
16 points of slashing 16. damage. <laughs> the, there is, um, I'd say, uh, Felden, you are sort of typically the crazy one on this ship. Um, when it comes to mechanics, you know that your um, barbarian minotaur weapon specialist is a freaking crazy person but even like you are slightly surprised at the effortless grace that you can see him off in the distance fling himself down into the fray and you don't really know what's going on as he disappears um brogmir you are flying in the air down towards and you kind of use the slight air resistance to bring your axe around and slam it into the into the head or it, there, there's not even really head. It's more center mass of this creature. And the in the zero gravity, you are sort of um, set spinning off into the, the chamber um, away as there's a scattered mess of blood and gore, space blood and space gore, drifting off in the opposite direction of you. And that's your turn. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh Felden, it's your turn again. Okay, so moving as I as I continue to move forward, um using my movement, can I get within range of my light rifle? And um yeah. Since there's get two all the way up to the edge of the railing. Did you say there's two of them? Um there was two of them. As you come up over the railing, you can see um you can actually see Brogmir is sort of almost like uh, coming back off of his counter, like his spin. So he's sort of spinning and trying to like throw his body through the air at the other one. Um, and you can see this spattered mass of blood and gore next to him in space. So can I get a sneak attack in? I think you'd have to bonus action hide before you show up. Yeah. Go ahead and bonus action hide. And I'll say you can sneak attack. Go ahead and okay. give me a stealth roll. Okay. Um. Oh, wait. You don't have cunning action. You're level one. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, I, I'd say... So I'll just make a normal attack then. Well, I, I'd say you are coming... Like... It never saw you in space. I'd say I'd say you can do sneak attack um, because it, it is more focused on Brogmir. Like, it, it is no longer looking at the open door. There's already a combatant in the room, so I'll, I'll say you have sneak attack. Okay. Go ahead um, and make an attack roll. So with the light rifle, you said to use my proficiency modifier plus my roll for to hit. Should be whatever your yeah. dagger bonus is. Um, yeah. 19. Uh, yeah, that'll hit. Go ahead and roll damage. So it is 1d10. So 10 plus 1 force. So 11 points of... Uh, um, and... and I guess this is something that we had talked about a little bit at the beginning before you jumped in here. 
Um, we don't. What what is this? Is this light rifle? Is it, is it is it like a like a blaster rifle from Star Wars, or is it like a like what kind of projectile is it? Um, I'm going to say that it is a. Like if a taser was a bullet. Okay. What? So I'll say it does. <laughs> you can't see that in your mind. <laughs> like if just imagine a bullet, and then instead of a bullet, a, it's a it's, taser. It's just a taser. But a really small. It just shoots tasers. <laughs> it's a taser blaster. It's a taser yeah, phaser. Like, like but a it's not like shock damage. It's like plasma, like light. Like, I don't know. I think the light is referring to the weight of the weapon. Hey, maybe it's all <laughs> three. Maybe, maybe it's just a maybe normal rifle that shoots the normal non-taser bullets. Yeah, why can't it just be a, a rifle that I mean, I'm a gnome, bullets? so a light rifle would be a heavy rifle for me, but I like just normal rifle. We'll go with that. It's a thirty odd six. I, mean, I like the space taser bullet. <laughs> I mean, you're the DM. There, there, there's a. It, it is almost like, um, like uh, an arc rifle. Like, um, there's like a, like the bullet doesn't fly in a straight path. Um, it is sort of this like, uh, almost like Tesla coil, but not the full, um, connection. It is sort of like that jagged lightning bolt, but not all at the same time, almost like in slow motion. And you can see like an inch long segment of light travel the arc of that would be a bolt of lightning or something slams into the creature. And you can see it tears deep into its one of its shoulders because you're more perceptive. You can see now in in sort of this as you're coming to and taking bear and aiming. They have they're these strange insectile creatures. There are multiple legs, and it slams into the shoulder, and one of the insectile legs comes completely off. And since that was sneak attack, I get to add one d six, and I rolled a three. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um. So total of fourteen. Yes. The you. Yeah. It it like it um it cr- completely cripples the creature as it is sort of st- stumbling back. It, it it was like going to jump onto another um, container and sort of push back off, but now it's one leg down and all of its movement has sort of been halted as it is like collided back with the container. Um, but it is its turn, and it is going to use its full turn to split. Um, so you guys watch as this creature, like, part of its body, um, begins to, like, like, where the shoulder, um, would be, uh, that, that has just disappeared, like, from that point, the organism sort of stretches and squeezes and slips. And you can see from the blaster or the, the light rifle shot, that that, seg- that half of the body that peels away 
is sort of this just pathetic like whimpering mass but the rest of the organism is sort of shed that um damaged part of it and it is now smaller but it is leaping towards um brogmir in open space do it brogmir it is your turn it's not quite there yet it's not quite up into you and you're kind of floating in mid space right now okay so am i on the ground or am i in the middle you're you're sort of in the middle of like um you're sort of floating um having come off of that collision with the other creature is there anything near me that i can push off to fly at the new one um like no, most like is it within most is of, it within five feet of me and i'll just smack my great axe against it if i have to it, it, it it's sort of coming at you but it's not in range of you yet um and most like the the emergency protocols have already been put in place and like like the ship is on lockdown so nothing's like floating in space next to you you're kind of suspended and you're you're like actually kind of traveling almost away from it back towards the ceiling okay so i have nothing to change my direction i mean what 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 do you think you could do to do that you could throw your axe in the other way, yep. in the other direction. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my great axe and overhead swing it down away from the creature so that I can generate momentum to fly at it. An athletics roll? Okay. Uh, 15. 15? Oh, wait, um, hold on. There's sort of... Hold on. No. Go ahead. I get advantage 24 oh you are raging yeah 24 yes there's there's this sort of loud clanging noise as your elegant weapon of war slams into the ship's um cargo bay wall and you are now i mean your great axe is pretty heavy but your body's pretty heavy as well you get just enough force to get up into melee with this thing um as it's coming towards you you have moved sort of like the five feet towards it and it is like close like reaching out with open um arms i'll say that was your action or bonus action can we say that that's the dash action yeah, I, I I would say that that could be your movement if if you were to spend all of your movement to throw it. Yeah, and then I will use my goring rush feature to gore it with my horns as a bonus action. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How how do we do that? Is that an attack roll? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and make an attack roll. Uh, Eleven. 11 yeah um you (laughs) it is sort of this weird um series of movements that like i'm imagine in your head a minotaur now imagine that minotaur is in is floating in suspended space and 
it sort of goes through the movements of almost like a gymnast manipulating its body in midair, flipping and throwing a giant axe away and then coming around and kind of like whipping your head bat down towards this creature. So you're almost like dive bombing it kind of straight um, straight towards it with your horns. Sure. Um, and as you're coming into contact with it, you feel its sort of insectile arms grip your horns and kind of catch you almost. Dang it. All right. And then Felton, Felden, it is your turn. Okay, so I'm going to try a little bit of space acrobatics. Um, so I'm going to lay on my back and turn off of my boots. And then I'm going to kind of aim my boots in the direction of where they are kind of entangled kind of eyeballing it, like looking down as if my leg was a rifle and kind of trying to sight in between my feet and then activating my boots to, to get them to pull me towards the wall instead of the floor. To kind of unarmed attack, double leg kick. Um, okay. Uh, make an engineering check because... I, I think we had said something about, like, these aren't really, like, super heavy-duty mag boots, but yours pr probably are, most definitely are modded and tinkered with. So go ahead and give me an engineering check. Eleven. Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> the... <laughs> so, you are, like, um... I know what's gonna happen, uh, Brogmir. You're wearing metal. <laughs> you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you are. You feel yourself being like pulled, like you are about to gore into this creature, and you feel kind of like your movement beginning to change, and you're almost starting to get pulled back by your boots, <laughs> and the two of you collide mid-air, feet to feet, as you are like clipped together. Um, and you don't hit the creature, but now you are in in this center mass um, <laughs> with the creature. And okay, so the, bonus action, it, can I try and turn the gravity back on? Because I'm like, shit, like, as I'm flying through the air, I'm messing with my tablet, I'm like, this isn't working, gravity, on. <laughs> um... I'd say you start that process. So, like, you are, like, you're not very long in your gnomish form. Um, so you're, like, full extension trying to keep the um, tablet away from the scrabbly insectile arms that are, like, trying to, that you can, like, feel scraping down the sides of your body. You're, like, I'm trying to get the uh, the gravity back on. So you're starting that process, but it hasn't happened yet. All right. Um, and... It is its turn. It's going to attack you, Brogmir. Um, Do it. That is a um, 14 versus armor class. Yep. Um, you take uh, 10 points of slashing damage. Have to have five. To five. Um, 
as like, as like the sort of insectile arms are just sort of scrabbling at you and like one of them like just claws down the side of your face and like there's some blood that is sort of starting to well not run down the side of your face because there isn't any gravity so it's sort of like pooling out away from you um and then it is your turn I will gore it with my horns. Okay, go ahead and make me attack roll. Fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, go ahead and roll damage. Nine points of piercing damage. So you sort of um, now have a gnome stuck to your feet, and you kind of like bend your legs and push off, and it's... Uh, as, as one, I, I mentioned once you guys collided and he sort of sort of turned his attention to trying to get the gravity to come back on um, the he sort of uh, unfocused the intention of the like the his attention on the gravity boots and they sort of come loose a little bit so that he is sort of pushed away up towards the ceiling and you use that momentum to, to sort of slash down and you gore into the side of the creature and tear it into chunks as it sort of spreads out to join the mass of its brethren. Um, Is it still alive? We, we, no, they are not alive. We come out of initiative and Felden, you t- t- do your uh, engineering and get the gravity back on and the sort of blood and gore sloops back down to the ground and you guys are sitting in the um in the cargo bay uh Brogmere slightly injured Felden pride sl- slightly uh bruised that your super mega kick didn't work um and you guys kind of sh- what, what what do you do in this this sort of in this right instant after combat has ended? I'm gonna look at him and say, I did that on purpose. I wasn't trying to kick him. I was trying to kick you. I uh, bring my huge minotaur hand. I was gonna bring my hand on his shoulder and be like, "Of course you did, little one." <laughs> and we fade to black. Okay. On this the the adventure of the marauders having successfully defended their ship so my recommendation is joshua delzell wrote a uh, trilogy called the black fleet trilogy um it follows the captain of a ship uh i don't remember the name of the ship but it's kind of like this cool um space warfare trilogy where it follows the captain of the ship and uh it actually covers a lot of different positions on the ship and it's a pretty cool concept and i really like it so awesome and my plug for this episode is going to be a book series um called star force uh it is a science fiction well, it's a science fiction novel series written by B.V. Larson, uh, and it's pretty pretty long, pretty incredible. Uh, read through it a few times, uh, actually probably twice by now, but uh, 
It's about uh, Kyle Riggs and there's some aliens that come to Earth and about how people interact with these new aliens to become a star force. So if you are interested or looking for any science fiction, check that one out. Um, And now we'll wrap up. If you're still listening... Thanks for listening. Uh, we have more than just this podcast. The fun doesn't end here. Check us out at ITYA Tail on Twitter. We've got uh, quite a few followers. We'll be tweeting and retweeting other writers. Um, so check us out there if you have a Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, check out our website. Um, you can read all of our stories there. You can listen to the podcast episodes. We've got a recommendations tab. Um, and more things will be coming soon as we keep updating that uh, website. It is www.ityatail.com. Uh, another thing, we have a Facebook. Uh, it's not as active as our Twitter, but we're going to work on that and get it up. Uh, so if you have Facebook, look us up. We're on there. You should be able to search us at ityatail. Um, and I think that's... Oh, one more thing. Shout out uh, to our theme song. Uh, it is called Flux, and it's by Fashionably Absent. Check him out on YouTube. Show him lots of love. It's a great song, and we really like it. I think that's everything, so thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.